this morning as I wrote my reflection on Facebook, um, this saying just popped out at me, um, and parents say it, teachers say it, um, I'd like to say it a little more in my life, but uh, it's a saying that goes something like this, what part of no don't you understand? When somebody keeps asking, well, can I do this, mom, can I do this, no, yeah, but mom, please, I mean, no, 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 no. But mom, she did it yesterday. Why can't I? No. And finally, you just say, what part of no don't you understand? The answer is no. Well, these scriptures aren't exactly saying that, but this section from Wisdom is very Isaiah, um, and it, it's reflecting upon what they call in the scriptures the suffering servant. And apparently there was a great sense that not only would the Messiah come and make everything right, but it would also be a time of, of reckoning when the Messiah would come. And of course that would be true, because if people are waiting for the Messiah but not living a godly life, a good life, well then they need their lives to be straightened out or to be questioned or looked at. And so here we have the wicked saying, let us get that just one. Come on, let us get him because he keeps putting everything in our face. He keeps telling us everything that's wrong with us. Come on, let's get him. He may be just, but if he really is, God will protect him. God will take care of him. So let's go after him. Let's see what happens. Hmm, that's a risky thing. But it's the same thing that was happening to Jesus. And here in John's Gospel, the only thing that we can say that saves him is his hour had not yet come. Uh, that's a big thing in John's gospel. He talks about his hour, and it wasn't yet the time, but they were plotting. They were looking to arrest him. They were talking about killing him, and uh, it's approaching, getting closer and closer. And for us in this season of Lent, you know, it's just a couple weeks away. Uh, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, we will uh, celebrate the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, and then we will read the Passion, according to Matthew. And then on Friday, we will celebrate the Passion again as we celebrate the memory of the death of the Lord. There's an interesting thing about this suffering servant. Um, there's no way that it could have been directly pointing to Jesus, and yet it does. And many would say this is part of the beauty of the inspiration of Scripture, that something written hundreds of years before becomes prophetic and points, in this case, to Jesus the Christ as the suffering servant. As we enter into these final days of Lent, there's a lot of power in our celebrations. For example, the volunteers that have risen up here at St. Bernard's uh, because of the pandemic, mostly, and then it, they just continued, and they, they're doing everything. Yesterday, they were cleaning the church and all. Um, Mary proposed to me, we should give them a name, the volunteers, call them Martha's Helpers. I think that's what she said. And I, I kind of liked it, but I thought, yeah, but Martha was busy about too many things and she didn't listen to the word of, of the Lord. And so I thought to myself, we don't want to identify them with Martha, even though she worked hard, she wasn't open to what her sister was open to and that was listening to Jesus speak. So, I think it was Mike that came along and said, how about foot washers? 
And um, I'm going to go hear confessions this morning for Kairos, and Father Gilbert will be there with me. And he's the one who said uh, so often, he used to preach on Holy Thursday and say, we are a community of foot washers. And that's what we should be. We should have that attitude that we would wash the feet of one another. And we would do it joyfully and do it with a great sense that we're doing something valuable, something loving, something merciful. So as we draw close, and I'll say all of us as a community of foot washers, we come close to that event on Holy Thursday. And we come close to the death of the Lord. And we come close to the silence of the tomb. And we come close to the angelic screeching of hallelujahs on Easter. And these are events and moments liturgically that are so powerful. And we're being prepped for it. We're being prepped. This isn't the only time we'll hear that phrase, my hour has not yet come, but the hour will come. And the hope is, the question is, will we be ready when that hour comes to celebrate and come to know more deeply God's love in our lives?